Today on the show, we're talking about how school can set you up for failure. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney. I'm your co-host. And today, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about how school can set you up for failure. And everybody knows I'm a huge proponent of education. And I, I think education is something everybody should have at some level, education beyond high school. I think it serves you well in your working life and your personal life. But I think you have to approach what education is going to deliver you with a very realistic view. I think a lot of people go into this educational journey with an unrealistic expectation. And I think this is where the failure part starts to creep in and people get have unrealistic expectations. And then, of course, with that comes dis- disappointment. So we're going to talk about that failure piece in a couple of different ways, both kind of outwardly, but also how it affects you as an individual. And this episode is too real. And I think we're doing this episode today because whether you are in this phase of your life right now, or you you probably know someone who is working through kind of that early stage post-graduation period of their life. And I, I was here, I was here, this was my reality. And I think it's applicable to everyone. I mean, well, everybody has the story or knows the story of of the person with the four year degree, heaven forbid, a master's degree, and they're working at Starbucks. I mean, everyone has that story. You're, I'm yet to find the person who doesn't know somebody who knows somebody at the very least who knows that story. And not to say that if your career if your career aspirations is to work at Starbucks and you wanted to get a, a piece of education to develop this like higher level of sophistication or whatever your purpose for that education was, if that if you're if being a Starbucks barista was your dream job, all the power to you. But this is an episode for those who 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 kind of maybe swallowed that 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 kind of that epiphany dream that we're all sold. So I'm yet to meet the person who who went after a four-year degree and sunk a whole bunch of money in education in the hopes of working as a barista at Starbucks. I, I'm yet to meet that person. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I'm, I, there could there could be someone listening today and that is their, was their dream all along. But I, I do agree with okay, you. Okay, and you're right. So if somebody pursued education not for employment reasons, not to build a career and earn income, if their reason for getting education was something outside of that normal spectrum that most people do pursue education for, then yes, you could pursue some fine arts degree that made you a better person, but you really enjoy being a barista. You love the the coffee shop atmosphere. That person could exist. I have not met that person, but I have a ton of respect for that person. Yes. No, I haven't either, but lay the groundwork down here. And this so I, this episode i mean i i'm i'm excited to work through it because i i hope it resonates with 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 individuals who may be walking this path right now as well quick tr- question for you Trevor before we lead into this episode you have children who have walked this journey in your perspective how different has this kind of idea that school can set you up for failure that idea in general shifted from when you were in school yourself I don't think it's really shifted, but here's something I told my children while they were pursuing their post-secondary degrees or diplomas. I said, 
this education you're getting is the price of admission for the interviews that you're going to hope to get for your first job. And they were appalled at that comment. They, my kids would have none of that. So I, I mentioned that a little too soon in their educational endeavor. And they, they, they put up, you know, there's no way that all this work is just for the admission, the price of admission to an interview. They thought this was, they were going to be using these skills on their first job. There are some jobs where you could, but they all came around to believing me in the end. You know, as they pursued their their career choices and jobs, they they believe that to be true. So I want to actually dive into that thought because kind of the first big point of today's show is talking about how we're sold this idea that if you get this diploma or degree, the world's be waiting for you at the other end. And this is a hundred percent how it's sold to you somewhat in high school, but boy, when you get to university or college, this is a hard sell. And I'm not knocking professors and teachers at those institutions. If that's what motivates students, if that's how you engage students by selling them that bag of goods, just so they will absorb the knowledge you're trying to deliver. If that's the, the, the toolbox you have to work with, then I, I can't criticize the people I've never taught. So if that's what you're working with, then by all means, if that's the only tool you have to really engage those students by selling them this false sense that they're going to they're gonna come at the other end and be, you know, a difference maker in a company, a large corporation right out of the gate, then I guess that that's what you have to do. I, I believe I was sold that bag of goods when I was in post-secondary education and I believe if not for that mindset, I would not have been as open to the education that was being delivered to me. And to, to run with what you just said, I mean, I think maybe that said so that students show up to class every day, they want to, they want to believe that the thing they're learning on that Thursday is going to be crucial to whatever they're doing post-graduation. You know, so I've worked in corporate my whole life, okay, and I am yet to meet the new graduate. There's there's only two people that show up to the to the job on their first day. There's the the new graduate that you can't motivate. They are the laziest, unmotivated person, and they're not going to last. But they're miserable to work with. The other ones are the ones who everything you you show them to do is you you get a sense that it's beneath them. You know, this this sounds like filing. <laughs> you know, I, I don't do filing. And I say, well, you're doing it today because that's what this job is. You know, 25% of this job is filing all this stuff. And believe it or not, there was no filing course in their um, commerce degree program, but you're doing it today. And they, it feels very beneath them. And, and they eventually that works itself out and they they adapt the good ones do the lazy ones they they don't they don't la they don't even care that this is beneath them they just they're just putting in time so those ones don't work out at all there's a few of the ones that they just never okay they never get over it in my company and they end up quitting and moving on to another company they they and for those people you they might be better suited to a smaller organization where 
they can be more of a difference maker in a smaller organization. You know, in, in any organization, there's a hierarchy, and I don't care what department you work in. There's a entry level position, often called the junior whatever, junior accountant, junior engineer, junior HR person, and then there's the intermediate level if you're in a larger organization, and then there's the senior, and then you get into managers. So a lot of a lot of within a job, you can have the same title, but with a junior, intermediate, or senior added to it. And you're not going to come out of school and start as a senior anything uh, unless, because to get to that level, it requires real world experience. And the real world experience that you just said is exactly what the culture is like within the the post-secondary institution. I, I was, I was in, I was, had a, I have a commerce degree and and in, in in that in that kind of background of the commerce environment, when when you're in that program, it's it's just it feels like real life. Like they they paint this real life picture, and it feels like real life that you, that you, that everything you're doing there matters, and that it is real. Like I just I I can't even kind of unless maybe maybe anyone listening to this, you you kind of know what I'm talking about, but it it feels like real life. That's the only way we can describe it. Well, here's the difference between what you're doing in school and what you're doing in, real, in, a, in a real job is when you're given a problem to solve in school, you and 300 other people are trying to solve a problem with a known solution, actually a perfect solution in, in quite often, a known perfect solution. And your, your exercise is to find that. In the real world, you're often the only person trying to solve this problem and there is no known solution and there might not be a perfect solution. There may be a, a something that we'll have to live with solution. So that's the, that is the, the stark reality of the difference between the real world and the school world. Definitely. I, I agree with that. And I think it's just, you get, can get, you get so wrapped up in that culture of the institutional world. I remember, I still remember in school, you know, the, the, the day, the night before an assignment's due, you're contacting all your friends saying, "What did you give, What what did you do for this part of the assignment?" You know, you, you're phoning around because back in my day, you phoned, and you talk to a bunch of people and to see if you're on the right page. In the real world, if you have a a problem and you need to solve it and it needs to be solved by the next day, you you are hard pressed to get anyone interested in it unless they have some sort of stake in this being solved. Quite often. In an organization, you're the only person that really, an organization can't afford to have a whole bunch of people care about the same problem because there's so many problems that need to be solved. Oh, for sure. That's so real. And so there's a couple of ways we are sold this idea that... And I, I just want to interrupt you here. The reason we're talking about this, and whenever we talk about jobs, we're, we're not, I'm not saying we're job experts, but this is your single biggest wealth building tool most people will ever have in their life. So you need to be super deliberate with this this tool. You need to be strategic. You can't just let you can't just let things happen. You need to go at it with a mindset that that fits the circumstance. And 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 running with that, I think if you let life happen to you, you kind of just get a degree and say, "Hey, worlds, come and get me." That is letting life. That's you trying to let life happen to you, but it doesn't work that way. And it, it, that is it, the exact mindset I left school oh, with. Oh, me too. Me too. And and there's some people, like, if you get into a university program and it has a co-op, co-op option where you 
while you're in school, you're actually working for a company. Maybe you're getting paid. Maybe it's for free. And you, you, they really like you and it turns into a job. On, from the outside, looking in, it looks like that person, the world was waiting for them, right? But for that person to get the job and the employer to like them, that's like a six-month interview, right? They get to see you and figure out if you're motivated. And chances are, if you actually got the job through your co-op, you worked your butt off. You, you, the world wasn't waiting for you. You went and got it. Those, those co-ops, they work out because the people that get them see it as an opportunity and dig in and, and they work their butts off to get that job. Cause I, I'm sure there's, you only hear, you only hear about the planes that crashed. You don't hear about the, you only hear about the people that got the co-op jobs. I, there's nobody's bragging. I, I did co-op for six months and nothing came of it. Like that's not a story anyone's telling. Right? No, no. And I, I agree with that. And I don't, and to your point earlier, I don't think it's anyone's fault that they graduate with that mentality. Hey world, come and get me. There's four different ways that this idea is sold that as soon as you get your degree or diploma, there's, there's a big, big sunny world waiting for you the other end. So I think I personally think it starts in high school um, with where you're kind of presented with limited knowledge of future careers and the opportunities that come from the careers and, and more speaking to what you said earlier, the hierarchy where you work through moving up that career ladder. I find in high school, my experience and with my children was the the high school was sort of exposing students to very general careers, nothing specific, very broad and general and it was for you to be in a, okay in their defense it's the right thing to do because you're like 15 years old and you're picking your programs in grade 11 16 years old you're picking your programs in grade for grade 12 and you got to it's it's highly unlikely you're going to know what you want to do for the next 30 years at that age so they're trying to they're trying to position you for a very broad, like, do you want to go into sciences? Do you want to go into business? Do you want to go into a trade? So they're they're kind of pushing you in a direction or guiding you in a direction, but it's it's super vague. So it looks like once you grab on to say the sciences, you you actually limit your your possibilities. Definitely, it's it's very simple and boiled down to the basics, and that's this kind of leaches into the second point. And you know, if some spaceship dropped down here and they observed our society and they come to the realization that at age 16, 17, you, you really got to know exactly what you want to do for the next 30 years, the chances of getting that right, statistically speaking, is, is probably like 10%. The, the, but you never really know the percent because people stay in jobs because it's it's easier it appears easier than making a change later in life so you really don't know how many people are actually in a career that they just despise or they're they're tired of that they chose when they were 15 or 16 yeah let's talk about that i mean how like and i there is so much i feel shame and um guilt and just kind of a negative feeling around changing your program and 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 and, and changing paths and pivoting and doing a hundred and 180 pivot from what you decided you want to do when you were 15 16 and i like that should be wiped off wiped off the board completely well and you might have 
Okay, so I was terrible in math in high school. I mean, math was my worst subject by a mile. I mean, I, it was, I was really bad in math. I mean, I, I just got by. I got the credits I needed and I just squeaked by. I'm an accountant. Now, accountants, it's not math like it is for an engineer or a scientist, but it's numbers. You know, you, you, you can't be not good with numbers. I'm really good with numbers. I mean, I can do mental math. I can reason check things. In fact, if I'm given a problem, like a, a verbal sort of word problem to solve, I will sometimes apply numbers to it to make sense out of it. So my mind works numbers. But I was pushed away from business and, and anything like that because of my poor math skills. And they were right to do that. But later in life, I, I numbers all of a sudden came to me and I, I blossomed. So it, to choose something at that young age is just wrong. Oh, I agree. Um, so the, the second way that we're sold that a degree or diploma is just going to result in the world waiting for us at the other end is really just the, during the entire post-secondary journey, which we talked about. And I, I, I put the word reductionist mindset to this concept in that it feels like when you're in school that your education will lead you to this, to kind of a very specialized program, or there's a very specific path in mind for you with your piece of education that you're working towards especially in the university setting where you go to school for business and you're going to end up in business. You go to school for communications, you're going to end up in communications. And and there's only kind of one degree. You have to essentially have that degree to end up in that job. And I think that linkage, I think, can be dangerous to fall into. You know, a lot of people, when they're in their post-secondary program, college, university, and they get into like their second year and they, they start to have doubts about the program they chose. And it it appears very, the program you're in seems very limiting. You're not sure that you actually want to do this anymore now that you've been studying it for two years. And I, I think it's an illusion. Yes. I, I don't think it's as limiting as you think it is. I think it's, it's you have a second thoughts about this is a career path. And when you're thinking, okay, have I got options? Even at a subconscious level, it looks like you don't because the education is, is very is is very specialized compared to high school, you know. But it, okay, compared to the job you're going to get, the education is not specialized. It's actually pretty broad. But I think it's that illusion that you're thinking, well, what if I don't like this? You know, I've been studying this for years, and it's it's not as exciting as I thought it would be. And you you want to think, okay, when I get into this, have I got options? Have I got choices? And this goes back to what you said earlier that. A post-secondary degree or diploma is sometimes just the price of admission and you just need to have that on your resume to get that interview. So, but I agree, I agree completely. And I'm sure everyone nodding to this is listening to this is nodding their head in agreement that when you're in the post-secondary journey, it feels like you are, whatever you're going to school for is what you need to go into. And, and, and if you're not going for school for that, you can't get a job in that. And, you know, just as a side note, I, I know where I work, they hire people who, they have education. So I, the company I work for is not into um, biotechnology at all. But we recently hired somebody with a biotechnology degree. And we also recently hired somebody with a degree in journalism. 
And I can tell you, we don't do any journalism where we were, it's a manufacturing company. So there's no journalism going on. And this person is not being hired in a journal, journalism capacity. So your education is, is in that, in those cases, those people's education was the price of admission to an interview. I, I, what you've, those people demonstrated is they have the ability to learn. They have some, their education has brought them some sophistication, which they can bring some professionalism to the workplace. So I, I think there's more, you're getting more out of your education than you really know you are. I, I could not agree more with that. Um, the next, so the next way we're sold the idea that when we graduate with that deplete degree or de, uh, diploma, that something we waiting for us, that job will be waiting for us at the other end is one of my personal favorites. And anyone else who has a background in commerce or business, you'll probably be extra, extra familiar with this, but is networking events. And I'm not putting down networking events. They are very, they, they serve an awesome, great purpose, but it's a little bit too a little bit too um, from point A to point B. Lots of employers show up. A lot, all these, all the students file into the to kind of a big general conference room. Um, you chat with all the employers, and then you kind of just connect with them. It's it's just a little bit too easy, and makes it seem like getting jobs. I think can be that easy. And I think the networking events, people. I think students look at them as a job fair. Yes, and they're really not. If you think, if I recalled, I went to some networking events when I was in post-secondary and those were, what the school's trying to do is, you, so you're spending your, your whole day hanging around with your friends and you're, you're talking like with friends, you're, you're interacting with friends. That's a, a type of communication that often doesn't work in the business world or the professional world. So they're asking you to dress up in a shirt and a tie or some sort of professional looking clothing and go to these networking events and conduct yourself like you would in, in a, I'll say for me, in a corporation. There, there's, there's an etiquette. There's a way to talk to people. You can't just joke around and there's, there's professionalism. There, there's how you address somebody. So I think they're trying to just bring that out of the students. But they, the reason how they get you to go to these networking events... So what they're trying to accomplish is one thing, but how they get you to go to it is they, they pretend it's like a job fair, like, you know, exposure to these employers is going to be, they're going to remember you when you're graduating. They'll be waiting there on your commencement day saying, hey, over here, we got a job for you. You know, they're really trying to make you believe these people are interested in you, like they're scouts, they're scouting students. And that does go on at universities. They do corporations go and do recruiting things at universities, but those are different. Those are interviews. Those recruiting events are interviews. These networking events is just how to conduct yourself in a business setting is all they're trying to expose you to. You can't see me, but I'm nodding my head so hard. That is that's so it's it's so it's so true. That is exactly what happens. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure if you're listening to this today, you might have been in the same situation. Um, so finally, the last way we're sold the idea that uh, an opportunity be waiting for us when we graduate is with the assignments that we complete while we're in school. And we talked about this earlier. There's 300 other people trying to solve the exact same problem. And the, I, some of these assignments, these, these case studies that you might get, they are real world problems that were out in the business world that were solved. And you're being asked to solve it again you don't know the solution 
hopefully you don't. And you're trying to come up with, with an answer that, that's similar to the solution that worked. 300 other people are trying to do the exact same thing. You can interact with those people and bounce ideas off them. In the real business world, that, that, that doesn't exist. The, nobody else cares about this problem, but you are a very small team of you. And it, it's, if it would feel it's, it would probably, for most people, it's an uphill battle to solve this problem. Every, you feel like everyone's working against you. Whereas in school, you're all working together. And the teacher wants, everybody wants you to succeed. In the business world, quite often you have a, a, a tough problem. Nobody cares if you succeed or, 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 or very few people do. So if, if we get past the idea that... In fact, I'm going to say in, in an organization, it's often the organization is designed for conflict. It is designed to have conflict. So take a manufacturing company the salespeople want manufacturing to put as much stuff in the warehouse as possible so they they can tell their customers that we got everything you need manufacturing is trying to produce exactly what sales is going to sell so they haven't got all this inventory that could be go obsolete so there's a natural conflict between those two organizations within the organization that that conflict is is there by design, but in in the school environment, that that conflict isn't there. Or if it is, you're it's superficial. It's a really kind of artificially made up environment that feels pretty real and feels like serious problems, but you, they're just not not. It's not actually uh, accurate simulation. So if we if we are sold the idea that this degree or diploma. Um, will deliver opportunities at the other end when we graduate. We therefore every day work really hard and get good grades with the belief that the system would deliver what is promising. And this is what keeps kids in like working hard in school is this belief. And it is sold to you really hard. And I'm not saying those grades don't matter. Those grades matter in a recruiting company going to a university and doing a recruitment program where they're going to, they, they will literally ask for the top 10% of a class. You mean your top percent? I want to interview them. Those marks matter, but they only matter for the price of admission to the interview. They do not matter to you succeeding in the job world. And I want to, so I agree, I agree with that. And I, I want to say that that is true because at that point, and if you think of what you've demonstrated to the employer is your ability, your ability to learn, to retain information, to be focused, to, to be serious about things like to, to be uh, on point, like the things that you've demonstrated to the employer by being the top 10% is not your foundation knowledge of chemistry. It is your ability to learn chemistry. That's what they're interested in. And to your point, that is, we are sold the idea that our, the employers want to know that we know chem. They, they want to know what we have learned and we feel like there's more value in that. They want to know if you have an aptitude to learn chemistry, not how much chemistry do you know? Exactly. And, and nowhere, nowhere is that uh, distinction really made. And the other thing too, 
when we graduate, everyone's resume looks pretty similar, but I think we're made to believe that we are a special shining star among all the graduates. And I mean, unless you've been on maybe a ton of clubs and or in tons of volunteering experience, and maybe you have some extra extracurricular advantages on your resume. I mean, that's definitely, I'm sure, a leg up because you have more, a little more experience and stuff. I mean, if if your resume says you volunteered into a whole bunch of organizations, the employer probably doesn't care what organizations. It just meant you're not at home gaming. Like you're you're a motivated person. You're 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 not you're not just put. You're not you're probably not going to just put in time. No, exactly. So I, the way, the way that we are made to feel when we graduate, I think is something that uh, needs to, it needs to be kind of looked at, I think. Now we're trashing education. I just want to reiterate, I am pro-education. It has served me so well over my lifetime. If I had to do it over again, I would probably get more education. But, but I'm just you need to go into this with the right mindset or you'll be very disappointed. Or even taking the rose-colored glasses off. And and if you're graduated and, and maybe you're just newly graduated and in this space saying, why am I not getting hired? Why, why, why am I here? I have this degree. I have this diploma. This is the opportunity to take the rose-colored glasses off. And we're going to get to the money part of this episode coming up. but And I'll just give a little glimpse is, well, no, you know, I won't give it away. <laughs> so we, so we're moving through this. So we get the good grades with the belief system, the belief that the system would deliver what was promising a job at the end of the day. Until one day you graduate, you realize that getting a good paying job is more of a challenge than you thought. You could get a job that was maybe somewhat close to your field of study, but not with a livable wage or... You can get a job, but not in your fields of study. And this is a predicament a lot of people face, and they, you kind of feel like a failure either way. So if you get a job in your field of study and it, it pays, you know, $3 above minimum wage, you really feel like you've been uh, sort of sold the bag of goods. And if you end up getting a job that maybe pays a bit more, but it's not in your field of study, or it's not even, heaven forbid, you got a job that paid really well. It didn't even require education, right? That that I so I know people that have gone to school for a four year degree and got a job uh, in a in a factory as a machine operator, a unionized factory job that paid really well. And it turns out it required no education other than a high school diploma. They just happened to be at the right place at the right time, and they got that job. They also feel like a failure when you when you talk to them and and I, I feel bad that both of those people feel bad and it's it's not it's the circumstance it's not their doing in this place i i have been here and i'm sure so many people listening to this episode today have been here as well this place feels like like Trevor said it feels like you failed and when you keep getting so newly graduated you're like hey world come and get me you apply to jobs and you keep getting rejected this I think this takes such a big hit on a newly graduated individual's confidence um and and just and just the value that they can bring to the job market you know most if you look at a lot of job ads they're looking for three to five years of experience now, that's a common request. 
Sometimes you see two to three years experience, but they're looking for somebody who's been through a business cycle more than once. So they're not going to be taken off their feet or or, or thrown out by a surprise. They want somebody who's been through this at least once, maybe twice. It's definitely the thing. And I I don't know if we're going to get to this in the show, but for that individual who's just graduated, who doesn't, hasn't seen that business cycle. I mean, it's, it's hard to get into that job market. It's hard to land that first job. Well, and you know, one thing I've, I've seen with, with new graduates coming into where I work is they, they lack the speed at which they need to work at. So the, the one thing experience gets you is you, you need to put perfect on the back burner and sometimes just get it done and and done you know perfect information a week late is is often useless information and terribly inaccurate information delivered a day early again is useless information is getting the the happy medium between enough analysis and get, getting it delivered on time those and that requires someone who has seen a problem like this before that they're trying to solve. And that experience piece, we are going to address that. If you're wondering how, but how do I get that experience? We're going to address that later in the show. It's coming up. We're going to get to that. Um, But first, just a second point around why we sometimes hesitate to work in a career that deviates from the education we receive. So I mentioned this earlier that if you graduate with a degree in chemistry, if or or business, you kind of are marketing, you kind of hesitate from deviating from that path. And again, I think this all goes back to that kind of the false belief that we feel like we're off track. We feel like we failed because we're not directly following the thing that is written on our diploma or degree. I know I fell into this trap wholeheartedly. And it's, I think, it, I think it, again, it goes back to the conditioning we receive while we're in post-secondary. You know, and this sounds like someone trying to make life a straight line. And it, making life a straight line is it requires a ton of effort, and a, it means you you probably missed a bunch of opportunity that was that that would have if you would let it pull you off your straight line just a little bit, you would have found opportunity somewhere. So that that straight line. So just say you wanted to be a police officer. Just say that's something you wanted, and there there's not, policing jobs aren't falling from the sky, but if you were police officer or bust, if that was your mindset, so the good thing about that is I like your chances of becoming a police officer versus somebody who says, you know, if I don't get a policing job in 12 months, I'm going to look for something else. Then that, that person is not going in, whole, like their chances of becoming a police officer is statistically less likely. But the person who's policing or bust, they may have missed some great job opportunities along the way because they had the blinders on it was that or nothing and when it comes to that feeling that very familiar feeling of discouragement and disappointment when you you graduate and that job is three dollars above minimum wage that that job they can get that's within your fields that's kind of more in line with what you want to do what what's your advice for pushing through that well we're going to get to that in later in the show, but I, I'm saying right out of school, you really don't have a t- 
ton to deliver to an organization. You're not, you're not showing up with a lot of skills that, that aren't already there. You're, you are, you're not, the value you're going to be adding is very limited and it's going to be more in the form of grunt work than it is knowledge work. So you shouldn't expect, but, but to get that wage up, you basically have to, it's coming from working hard, doing things that are, are not being asked of you, like going above and beyond. Every time a opportunity is thrown on the table, you put your hand up for it. It's that kind of work, that kind of exposure that's going to move the needle. And that's what's going to get you that next that intermediate level position in a corporation uh, to getting up from the junior. And that, that's going to be the thing that's going to get you paid. So if you, if you're in the boat where you graduate and, 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 and maybe, maybe you are, so maybe you did find a job in your field and you're making $3 above minimum wage, or maybe you graduated and you can't even find a job in your field. It's just not, it's just not happening. So because of this, we sometimes decide that more education is a missing piece. So you borrow more money and pick up a master's degree, which you think will solve the problem. And I, I see this a lot. I mean, so now you've got the Starbucks barista with a master's degree and all the debt that goes with that. And I, I feel bad for those people. It, on the surface, you you might think, okay, that's what's missing. But if you if you go to a job interview and you don't get the job, and if it's a reputable company and you ask them, do you mind me asking, you know, why I was passed over for this opportunity? A really good organization would be honest with you and tell you, you know, they, and I'm yet to interview the person and say, wow, only if, if they had just a little bit more education, I'd consider them. You know, the... It, you know, if they just had just a, the, their education's not quite what we're looking for. I've never, but it, so we don't interview anybody who's not pursuing education. They didn't pursue education in accounting. So they, you need some sort of financial education before you even get to an interview. But I'm yet to meet the person saying, oh, I wish that person had a master's degree. I, w- I would have said, hire them on the spot. You know, I've, I've never, ever, in all the interviews I've sat in, I've never once said they don't have enough education. I've uh, often said they don't have enough experience or they don't sound motivated enough or they, I think they're going to think this job is beneath them. A lot of those things come out in an interview, but I've, I'm yet to say, boy, I wish they had more education. In that experience piece, we are, we're, the money part of the episode is coming up. We're going to address that experience piece. How do you get it if you can't get any experience that you are kind of throwing yourself towards? Um, before we get to there, I, I want to address why we sometimes feel that education is the answer. Why we, why we, that's the first thing we gravitate towards. But I do want to underscore that by saying that I think additional education if if implemented very wisely can be beneficial i know i know anyone who has graduated with a university degree it is a very general and i personally found in my um, career journey that get supplementing that with a college diploma something a little more tactical um very specific very specialized was the thing that landed me my job so i, I think if you apply it very strategically 
it can help. But in general, the reasons we sometimes gravitate towards feeling that education is the answer is because, first of all, it's, it's easy. Yeah, throwing money at a problem in life in general is the, often the easy solution, but ne- often not the right solution, but it, it feels like you're doing something towards solving this problem. So throwing money at it, obviously getting more education is going to cost you money, so this, is, this would seem like a solution and it, it often isn't. And I, f- I feel bad for the people who are, are piling student debt on top of student debt with the exact same outcome. And in tandem with this point, I think it also feels familiar. And because we, we maybe just graduated and we're used to the academic environment. So going back to school is something that feels very familiar, very safe, um, and something that just feels like it makes sense. The second point is it del- delays the inevitable. And this is you not willing to come to terms with, okay, my first job is going to be $3 above minimum wage. You, you not coming to terms with that. So when, when someone says, you know, what are you doing? I, I'm still in school, right? So I, I haven't moved into the adult world yet. I'm still in school. So you can't judge me as an adult. I'm still a student. The third is that it feels like progress. And getting another degree, it feels like you're doing something, right? It feels like you're, you're, you're moving in a direction. So it, it would feel like progress, but is it real progress? Obviously, getting another piece of education is progress of some kind, but is it, pro- is it progress that's getting you the result you want, which is a job? And finally, reasons why we feel that education is the answer is that we've always been told education can't hurt. And I've said earlier, so education served me well, and if I had to do it over again, I'd probably get a little bit more education, but... I'm going to say, if you have some education, it will be so obvious if that you need more for what you want. Like, just say you, I'm going to be make this super simple. Say you've got a four-year degree and you want to be a professor at a university. It is obvious that you need a PhD, right? So you need a master's degree and a PhD. So if you want that, the, more, the education requirement will be so obvious it will be smacking you in the face. You don't have to wonder if, I wonder if a master's degree would, would, you know, move the needle. If you really need more education for what it is you want to do, it will be on a billboard. You, you won't have to wonder about it. It will be obvious. And I think that is a very important point because we always, we always sometimes hesitate on that side. So I love that it will kind of hit you in the face. So, We've decided, going back to uh, working through this, kind of the, uh, the thing that we've set up here. So we decided that uh, we need more education. We decided that's the missing piece. So we borrow money, we get a master's degree, and we think that's going to solve the problem. So because of this, we now have student debt heaped on top of student debt, and you just need a job now to deal with solving that student debt problem. And so now you're, you're getting into desperate territory and you're going to take a job doing anything. You're going to do whatever it takes to earn a paycheck to pay off the student debt. And you, uh, you might work multiple jobs and you might just even deviate from your whole career path just to get this debt paid off because it's, it's breathing down your neck. And you start making career decisions based purely on money, not career growth, and you end up in a really bad place. And by that, you mean accepting the job that's $3 above minimum wage because it's heading a direction that you want to head in. Or you end up 
going, okay, I'm, I'm not going to knock, I'm saying these things, not that I, I'm speaking negatively about these jobs, but you might go work in the oil sands and just to make enough money to pay off your debts. And, but you may have studied business, you know, so you, you pursued something that you really didn't, like you took a job you really didn't want purely for the income to pay off the debt. So you're, you, and so now you've, you've completely deviated away from your, your, your goals and aspirations. So at this point, you realize that the job market values work experience more than education and for good reason. Your educational credentials represent the price of admission to the interview. You now focus on how to get job and life experience that the job market will value. You now know that your education was the foundation on which your marketable skills can be developed on. And so this is you putting in the time, accepting the menial jobs and, and working really hard when nobody's watching. That, that's a skill. Uh, doing more than, more than is asked of you all the time, every day. Always do more than is expected of you. And you'll be recognized. You will be rewarded. But it's putting in the effort. It's, it's solving real world problems in your work life. That, that's what's going to get you paid. Solving problems. You know, there, there's one advice I was given a long time ago, and it, it wasn't from my boss, but it was saying, make as many of your boss's problems go away as possible, and you will be rewarded handsomely. And that was, if you're getting that advice from your boss, <laughs> it might be bad advice, but I got that from a, a, a equal colleague, but an older person. And that was some of the best advice I ever got. And your, your supervisor will soon figure out who's solving all these problems that used to land on their desk. You trust me, they will figure it out. And when people realize, like, you don't have to, quite often, there's more problems to be solved in an organization than there is people. So you don't have to wait for one to show up. Go find one. They're, all, they're out there all the time. Go get one and solve it. So ever since that day, that you realized that the job market values work experience more than education. You realize that there's no easy path or secret formula, although some people are lucky and happen to be in the right place at the right time. However, for most people, it is all about putting in the time and paying your dues to learn from people in your industry who have been where you are. It is about moving forward and gaining as much real world knowledge and experience that you can by doing more than is asked of you and working hard even when no one is watching, like Trevor just said. The most important takeaway here is that life is not a straight line. Don't follow the money, follow the opportunities. So I think this is, follow the opportunities is important. And I think quite often if you can get a seat at the table in an, in an organization, there's opportunities that you become aware of that you otherwise wouldn't know of. So once you get on the inner circle, so you work for a large company and just say you, again, I, I don't want to talk in a demeaning sense, but just say you get a job as the receptionist in a large corporation at one of their locations and you have a commerce degree. Well, that seems pretty far away from commerce like work, right? Or say you have a, a, an accounting science degree or something in business and you are lucky enough to get a job in a really reputable company as a receptionist. Well, 
I like your chances of learning about opportunities in that company and and getting one of those before somebody off the street does. So that's an example by following the opportunity, not the money. So just say you just say you know a company you really want to work for and you don't care what you do, you just want to work for that company. So if you felt that strongly about a company, then I would do whatever you could to get into that company. And you, once you're in there, the the and they learn about you and your work ethic, your chance to move around goes up tenfold. So that is a a strategy that I would. But when you're in there, you got to work hard and do all the things Courtney had just said. So once you're in there, you got to really work at it. But if you're waiting for a specific job and and it requires experience and you quite here's another sometimes you need just somebody to take a chance on you so the where i work right now it's it's a it's a large company in a small town which is really strange formula you don't see that very often and they took a chance on me when i had very little experience and that was me willing to move to the middle of nowhere to get that experience. So I, I followed an opportunity. I, I didn't just sit where I was at the time and say, there's no jobs. I, I went somewhere where they were taking a chance on me and I was taking a chance on them and it worked out. And I, that, I, love, I love that point. And it also underscoring too that opportunity is, is everywhere and that doing something, just doing something is sometimes the best option to get that experience. And this, I said, we said during the episode that we're going to talk about that piece, about how to get that experience. And I think it comes the most unconventional ways that just do anything mentality. You know, if you've been searching for a job for, I'll say two years, if you've been searching for a job and applying for jobs, maybe even going to interviews for two years and you are coming up empty you are searching for the wrong job. You're searching for the wrong opportunity. If you can't land one in, in, okay, we're in a global pandemic. That aside, if you can't land that opportunity in two years, you're chasing the, you're missing, you're, you're, chances are you're missing ingredient is experience. You're, you're applying for jobs that require more experience than you have and it's showing up in the interview. They're asking you a question and there's some questions you can ask in an interview that you can't fake the answer. Unless this happened to you, you can't possibly fake the answer. And this do anything, get experience approach is really, it's really just get that experience because like we said earlier, you just want to make sure that you get real life working experience. I mean, looking at examples that you brought up with, with individuals that were hired at your place of employment, they had they had had educational backgrounds and something uncompletely related to what they were hired in, but they had that life experience, that job experience that led them to where they were. Yes, and, and you know, if you look at my resume, it, I, I've worked at the company I'm at right now for 22 years. So it sounds like I I have, but if you looked within what I the different functions or jobs I held within that company in the 22 years, I have had a ton of jobs. I have. I've worked in multiple facets of the organization and I I chased opportunity in that organization. It has served me. 
but you can do that. You don't have to stay in one company to do that. You can do that from company to company. A lot of people think if, if you work for a whole bunch of companies, if your resume shows you're, you're jumping around from place to place, it looks bad. I think it looks good. It looks like you're a go-getter. It looks like you want something. Definitely. And that diverse experience shows employers that you have experience. And, and I think that, I don't know, that concept alone, I think has revolutionized the way that I approach work and careers and the fact that it doesn't have to be this organic straight line where everything that you do is in line with what is on your degree or, or, or diploma. So I think the takeaway from this episode is if you're currently in school, don't be misled or by, by what school is going to actually deliver. And if you're a recent graduate and you're searching for that, that job of your dreams, it, it's, it's coming up if you put in the hard work and get that valuable experience that, that comes through just taking on jobs that aren't even yours. And on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode on how school can set you up for failure, but you just have to look for that opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. We can't wait to have you back for another episode. Until then, keep it simple. Simple.